my name is Abby, and I want to thank you so much for taking the time to watch this message from the church. We pray that you are highly blessed and encouraged. We would love to connect with you more at our website at www.thechurchokc.com. We're in the middle of a series tonight called Life Verses, and uh, over the past couple weeks, we've we've been just kind of pulling out a verse here and a verse there that can really just kind of, you know, kind of a, just a small, concise little part of the scripture. You know, the, the thing that I know, and I've, I've gone to Bible college and seminary and all that kind of stuff, but, but what I know is this, is that you don't need a theology degree, you don't need a doctorate or a master's to understand the simple gospel that's presented to us in this book. You know, and I think sometimes we can get so uh, complicated and so worked up. And, and uh, it's funny, I, you know, I've, I've kind of grown up in Oklahoma and Texas and Kansas kind of my whole life. You know, I've, I've grown up in the Bible Belt. And in the Bible Belt, one thing that we know is that there's like a church on every street corner. And sometimes there's two or three. I drove through Arkansas. Uh, when I was at college one time, and, and I remember it was like every, every intersection I came to, there would be like two Baptist churches, and then on the opposite corners would be two cemeteries, you know? So they were, you know, we had churches and cemeteries. I went to Mississippi, and I found a second Baptist church, a third Baptist church, I found the fourth Baptist church, and I found the fifth Baptist church. But the entire time I was there, I never saw in that town the first Baptist church. You know, um, my college was just south of Dallas, and, and I remember I was in kind of the DFW area, and I drove by a church, and the sign on the, the name of the church was this, First Church of the White Horse Rider. I don't know what they were preaching, but it was the first one of them, I guess. Um... You know, and so there's, there's churches from all different, you know, we have like Shekinah Roar, Judah Lions, choirs, and, and you know, your harvest seed, and we put all the spiritual lingo to the simpleness of the gospel, but sometimes I think that what we need to do is just we need to peel all that back and just say, okay, Jesus, what are you trying to say? Just, just what are you trying to say? You know, and a couple weeks ago, we dealt with Matthew chapter 6 where it says, Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Not seek God so we can get this stuff, but we seek God because we realize He is everything. And last week, man, didn't we have a good service last week? Yeah. Woo! And those baptisms, man, I was, ooh. That was good. That was good. You know, we talked about Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord are called according to His purpose. And uh, throughout the week, um, Alicia, who's not here with us tonight, she had put on Facebook that she was dealing with the problem. And then at the end of it, she put hashtag, God's got this. You know? Because that's what we talked about. God's got it. Well, tonight we're going to change just a little bit. And if you've got your Bibles, I want you to open them up to the book of 1 John chapter 5 verse 21 this is going to be our verse tonight and I'm gonna read it first out of the New Living Translation and we're gonna put it up on the screen and this was this is what it says dear children keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts let me read that one more time dear children keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. The Amplified 
version puts it like this. Little children, keep yourselves from idols, which are false gods, from anything and everything that would occupy the place in your heart due to God, from any sort of substitute for Him that would take first place in your life. Now, on surface level, we can all be the good little Christians and we sit here and go, oh, amen, that's good, yeah. Yeah, all those heathens, they need to keep, you know, they need to worship God and keep God in their hearts. But, but what I want to submit to you tonight, church, is that we're not talking about, as in the case of the Old Testament with Elijah, like the prophets of Baal, like a false god like that. We're not talking about Muhammad. We're not talking about Buddha. We're not talking simply about another God. We're talking about anything and everything that we devote ourselves to more than we devote ourselves towards God. And that may be a relationship. That may be an addiction. That may be the pursuit of money, the pursuit of wealth, the pursuit of popularity. That may even be good works. He said, well, what do you mean? I mean, sometimes we get so busy trying to do good and do good and do good and do good that our entire life is made up of these actions in order to do good because what we want people to say about us. Well, they're a good person. And, and I'll be honest, I've got a friend that I worked with and, and he is having some some family issues that he's had to go back to Arizona and take care of, of his family. And, and out of his entire family, his grandmother raised him. And now his grandmother's in the hospital. And he's taking care of his kid and of his sister's kids. His sister's in jail. None of the other siblings want anything to do with them. The house that they were living in is, 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 is basically condemned. I mean, this is just horrible things. And, and here he is, early 30s, single, and having to take care of nine or ten people because nobody else can take care of them. And we were talking and, and we sent him, the church, we sent him some clothes because he is having to find a job. His brother who lives here won't send him any money, won't send him clothes to help. So we sent him an outfit so he could interview for some jobs. And he was texting me and thanking me. He said, I tell people, Brian, that you're a good person. You know, everybody says, well, who's Brian? He goes, just a really good person. And I'm like, oh, you know? And it felt good. But the fact of the matter is, is that we can't do these types of things because it feels good and because we want people. Because what happens is we start elevating that over God. That becomes to start taking the place. Just like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We don't seek God for stuff. We seek God because we realize he is everything. And, and what John is saying here is keep away from anything that might take God's place in your heart. And if we stop for just a minute, especially in America, there's an article that I was reading today that talks about the difference between being a biblical Christian and being an American Christian. And there's a difference. There's a big difference. And this is what John is trying to warn us from. Is He's saying, look, keep away from anything. Yes, keep away from the false idols. But keep away from anything and everything that would occupy the place in your heart. I remember as a teenager, you know, and 
having little girlfriends, you know, and staying up till, you know, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock on the phone, and then mom comes in and checks to make sure I'm in bed and not on the phone, and then after she leaves, I did not get back on the phone with my girlfriend. Um, it's, it's too much time has passed. There's a legal term for that, and uh, so we've passed that, um, so I cannot be held accountable for that anymore. Um, but you know, what, what I remember is that like, you know, when you're in that, that little puppy dog phase of life, of love, everything was about that person. Like as much as you could talk to that person, you were talking to that person. As much as you could look at that person, you were looking at that person. In high school, you know, if you had a class ring as you were a junior or senior, you know, the girl had to wear the class ring and she'd put all the tape around it, you know, or she'd wear your letter jacket. And, the, you know, you guys have been dating for like two days and you have to have a picture of her that you can put in your car, you know, so everybody knows that you guys are together. But everything about you is that other person. This is the place that God wants in our heart. I mean, like plain and, and simple, and you're saying, well, well, but Brian, I, I don't, I don't want to be one of those weird Christians that's all about Jesus. Why not? I, I, mean, I mean, really, and I'm not saying that we have to go stand on a street corner, stand on the soapbox, and, and preach at all the cars driving by. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that when we walk through our lives, when we're at work, or when we're at our home, or when we're around our friends, when they see us, they should see Jesus. I mean, that, that, that should be something there. Um, for, for a time, I worked in the oil field, and, and I worked on an oil rig, and, and it was cool. I mean, it was. I mean, it was muddy. I'm playing with mud and tools and big old pipe wrenches. And I felt like a man, you know, and I ate bacon and I did manly things. And it was awesome. You know, but, but I remember the very first day that I, I walked onto this rig and, and, and it was, it's kind of a family operation. And my cousin was, was kind of the, the, the boss over this crew. And whenever I walked into that and he introduced me to everybody, this is what he said. This is my cousin, Brian. He's a Christian. He doesn't cuss. He doesn't smoke or drink or, or do any of that kind of stuff. And if I hear of any of you make fun of him, you're fired. You're gone. I'm like, okay, thanks. You know? But, but this, is, this is what I understood. And this is not obviously to brag on myself, but this is what I understood. He wanted people to know that I was associated with God. And, and, it, was, and it, was, it was funny because like, if he would cuss or if one of them would cuss, they'd say, oh, sorry, Brian. You know, oh, sorry, you know. They take the Lord's name in vain and they're apologizing to me. I do not hold your eternity. Don't say sorry to me, say sorry to him. Um, but, but the fact of the matter was, was that in that element, they knew something triggered in them that, oh, wait a second, when Brian's here, God's here, in a sense. And, and that's how we're supposed to live our lives. And, and, and understand, I wasn't preaching to them. And, and I, I didn't carry my Bible around me with the rig and say, you know, turn from your evil ways, you sinner, you heathen. For the Lord throws you in that mud pit. No, that's not what I was, that's not how we were living then, okay? It was just this, they knew who I was. They, they knew what my life was about. When you leave this place tonight, do people around you, do they think twice 
Do they think about the language that they use? Do they think about the jokes that they tell? About how they act? About what they offer you? Is your life different? Because really, when we take this whole gospel... When we take everything, the entire Bible, and, and you know, we condense it down to our, our favorite little John 3.16, For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We're like, yes, amen. But then those verses that say, those that know me know my voice and do what I say. And if you call yourself a Christian, if you say you're of me, you're going to do what I... We don't want to repeat those, <laughs> yeah. And we don't want to say those too loudly. But the ones that talk about grace and peace and love and God giving us Rolls Royces and Beamers and our own personal airplanes, man, we'll quote those all day. Back and forth, every translation. We'll learn Greek and Hebrew just to quote those. But the ones that say, if you love me, do what I say. If you love me, take upon my righteousness. The ones that say, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. We're like, yes. But the ones that say, be of good cheer. If they hate me, they're, they, if the world hates me, they're going to hate you. Oh, whoa. That's more than I signed up for, God. But this is what John is getting to. You know, this verse that we're reading is the very last verse in the book of 1 John. The very last verse, the very last chapter in this, this entire passage, in this entire chapter, in this entire book, John is talking to Christians. He's not talking to the heathens, to the sinners. He's talking to the Christians and he's telling the Christians, no, you, you who have tasted and seen and know that the Lord is good, you watch out that you don't let anything even remotely come close to taking the place of God in your life. Not a relationship, not the cute little girl down the road, not, not, the, not the guy that you work with, none of that. Nothing takes the place of God in your heart. In John chapter 10 verse 10, this is a verse that we've heard. I'm sure many times a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus goes on that very next sentence and says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You know, and this is what Jesus, and, and this is a, a long passage and we won't get into it, but to summarize it, what Jesus is saying is he's saying, look, look, there's somebody out there that's fighting for your life, that's fighting for your heart, and it may seem good, and it may give you the little goosebumps feelings for a little bit, but the thief has only come to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you may have life, and this is how you know. Because I'm your shepherd, and as a shepherd, I've laid down my life for you. I've given it all for you. And so if I've given it all for you, you know that I've come to give you life. In the Old Testament, in Elijah, uh, or in 1 Kings chapter 18, it's a story of Elijah. And I have to admit, you know, like we read through the Bible and we have those, those men and women of the Bible that we really relate to. Like for me, like Elijah is it. 
You know, Elijah's like the Fonz of the Old Testament. I mean, he just had an attitude. He was just cool. He was kind of like this Lone Ranger kind of guy just doing his own thing. And, and we, we find this story to where, where you've got all these prophets of Baal, all these priests and preachers of, of, of Baal, and, 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 and this false prophet, and this false, this false god. And, and, and there's like 450 prophets of Baal, and there's about 400, there's like 850, 900 prophets. And there's Elijah, the man of God. And he calls everybody together, the entire nation of Israel together. And he says, okay, listen. This is, this is Elijah in, 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 in verse 21. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal then follow him. And the story goes on that, that, that Elijah had, had, you know, the prophets of Baal like set up an altar for their God and, and, and he set up an altar for his God and they put cows on it, but he didn't let anybody light them. He said, our God is going to light them. And so for a whole day, the prophets of Baal are dancing around this altar and they're cutting themselves and they're offering up these sacrifices of worship and, and they're trying to get their God to light this cow on, on fire. And Elijah's sitting under a tree mocking them, saying, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe you need to yell louder. And this is, actually, this is actually a correct translation. At one point he goes, maybe your God is using the bathroom and you need to wait a minute for him to come and answer. All right? Yes, there's stuff like that in the Bible. So he's sitting here mocking them. And the story goes that nothing happened. And Elijah stands up and says, God, I don't do this for me. I do it so that they'll know. And boom, like that, fire comes down, lights up this altar. And then it jumps from this altar and lights the prophet of Baal, lights their altar. And so the Israelites killed all those other prophets. I mean, crazy stuff. But it was all coming down to, to Elijah stepping out in front of the people and saying, look, enough of this limping back and forth. Enough of this being two-faced when it comes to your faith. If you really believe that God is God, then follow God. If not, follow Bell. Basically quit being a pansy Christian. And, and I believe that that's what God is, is really asking from us today. He's asking us, look, if you really say that I'm your Lord, if I'm really your God, then why are you putting everything else in front of me? Why are you putting the pursuit of money? Why are you putting a, a, an addiction or a person or a relationship or whatever it may be? Why are you putting that in front of me? If I'm really God, if you really believe that I died for your sins, if you really believe and say amen that I came to give you life and to give it to you abundantly, then why all this back and forth? <clears throat> Joshua 24, verse 14 says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is a evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Now, and and this, is, this is what I, I want to speak to you guys tonight. Because we get in this mode of excuses. Well, God, I want to do this for you, but. 
Well, I want to go get a job, but I can't because of this. Or I want to do this, but I can't. Or, or my parents abused me. Or, or, or you know, my, my dad was an alcoholic. Or my mom was a drug addict. Or, or, and, and look, understand, I'm not discounting that. But I, what I'm telling you is that that is not your identity. What your parents did, what your parents were dealing with, does not have to be what shapes you. A lot of Joshua didn't say here that, 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 let me get back to it. Now, therefore, put away the gods that your father served, unless it's just really hard for you. If it's really hard for you, then God understands, and, and you just sit over there, and, and you just let everybody comfort you. No, he says, look, put away the past. If God is really God, then serve him. Cowboy up, if you will. All right? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get back on the horse, and get back out there. It's Oklahoma. I can talk like that. All right? Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Now, he was talking about put away the gods. He was talking about, you know, this, 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 this generations that had lived in slavery and, and had lived being exposed to all this horrible stuff. And this is what Joshua is telling them. Look, I understand. I know what the previous generations went through. And what I'm telling you to do is to put that away and just serve God with sincerity and faithfulness. If God is God, then serve God. And if for some weird reason you think it's bad to devote yourself to God, then go. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Things had happened in his past. Things had happened to his parents and his generations that had gone before. Look, there's numerous peoples in the Bible that could look and say, <clears throat> Yeah, God, I, I want to, but I'm really dealing with some stuff that my parents left behind. Or, or you know, like, you know, my parents did drugs or they, they did this or they beat me or whatever. And, 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 and please understand my heart tonight. I know some people have had some rough childhood and some rough past and they've been abused and, and I get that. And I'm not saying this lightly, but I'm saying that the blood and the body of Christ was broken and spilled so you don't have to live under that. So you can step up and you can walk in what God has for you. St. Julian Peter <clears throat> was quoted as saying this. This was a saint from long ago talking about Jesus. He loves. He hopes. He waits. If he came down on our altars on certain days only, some sinner on being moved to repentance might have to look for him and not finding him might have to wait. Our Lord prefers to wait himself for the sinner for years rather than keep him waiting for one instant. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. 
This is what John is telling us. This is why John is speaking to the church and saying, look, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts, whether it's your past, whether it's an addiction, whether it's what somebody else has done for you, whether it's past mistakes, no matter what it is, be so careful that you don't devote your time and your energy and your heart to that. Devote it to God because God came to give you life. So you don't have to have a theology degree to understand this. You, you, you don't have to, there's not, there, there's not, you know, just certain churches that should be teaching this. This is for all of us. He loves, he hopes, he waits. There's something beautiful about that tonight. There's something just so powerful about that. And we want to come in and we want to approach God and we want to, you know, bring our excuses to the table. And we want to bring, you know, we want to bring our issues and our reasons why we can't give God everything. Well, God, I'm going to give you this part of my life. You know, I'm going to give you the, the alcohol, but, you know, the cigarettes and, 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 and I'm going to hold on to that for just a little bit longer. Or God, I'm going to turn over my addictions to you, but this relationship that I know deep down I probably shouldn't be in, I'm just going to hold on to that just a little bit longer. In high school, we called it missionary dating. Anybody hear that term? You know, because as good Christians, as good Christians, we were told repeatedly the scripture, do not be unequally yoked. Which means you cannot go on a date with anybody who's not a Christian. <clears throat> and... And so, for most of those high school boys, that was true up to a certain cuteness level of the girls. If the girls exceeded a certain cuteness level, then that became less true. Um, <clears throat> not less right, just less true in our eyes. And so, so, you know, we'd call it missionary dating and we'd pray to God every night. God, if you will just let this girl date me. I will witness to her on our dates and she will come to know you and we will grow up and we will open up a church and we will bring millions of people to know you. I may or may not have prayed that prayer about Jennifer Aniston. Um, <clears throat> but that was many years ago. Um, and that was before my wife who is beautiful in, in everything and more that I ever needed. Um, I got to make sure that's on the recording. Um, <laughs> But you know, we, we make these deals with God. God, if, 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 if you just let me keep this part. Well, but what we have to understand is that that part belongs to God. You see, because when Jesus came, you know, we, we have this, you know, down in my heart. You know, Jesus came to live in our heart. And, and he wants all of us. He wants all of our heart. And what we try to do, especially in America, is, is we partition our life into these segments. Okay, God, I'll give you my 10 minutes in the morning when I do my devotions. Or I'll give you my Saturday nights when I go to church. Or my Sunday mornings. Or my Wednesdays. And then, you know, Tuesday through Thursday is, you know, belongs to this relationship. Or, or Friday and Saturday belongs to this. And, and we partition it all. And we say, yes, God is part of my life. And I've got the WWJD bracelet to prove it. And then, so this everything is okay. I remember being in a class when a, a kid walked in and a girl that I was sitting by, she, you know, told him he was number one. All right? And as she did, she was wearing a WWJD bracelet. 
And I'm like, facepalm, you know? I mean, just like, this is, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. This is not how we're supposed to be living. We don't partition our lives and say, I'm going to give you the easy stuff. Now, Jesus wants it all. This is what John is telling us. Don't, don't even give a little bit. Again, remember, he's dealing with Christians. He's dealing with people that know that God is God. That Jesus Christ is the risen son. I mean, that this is who he's talking to. And you'd think, okay, well, you don't have to tell them that. Obviously, they know that. They follow Jesus. But he's saying, no, guard yourselves. Don't, don't, don't even give them an inch. God wants your whole heart and everything. Because this is what we have to understand is, is look, I'm not, I'm not a pastor on Saturday nights and a service tech for Ford Audio throughout the week. And a dad when I'm not here. It's, it's not, this is not who I am. I'm a child of the king who preaches. I, I, I'm, I'm a child of the king who works for Ford AV. I'm a child of the king who's raising three wonderful kids back there. That, that, that is who I am. But everything starts with me realizing that I'm a child of the king. Everything, everything I am operates from that. So this is, this is how I know that, that, that God is not taking, you know, that I'm not exalting something else over my life or in, in God's, you know, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. I, I understand that God's place is my heart. And so everything that comes out has to come out through the filter of God in my life. And this is what we have to understand. So when we walk out these doors, it's not okay. That was a great message. It was, man, as a child of the king, how do I respond to that? And when we, when we walk out to a relationship that we're not supposed to be in, that relationship has to get filtered from us being a child of the king. And, and, and when we're offered that temptation or that, that, that issue or whatever it may be, or, or maybe it's, 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 you know, somebody comes at us and, and, you know, they said bad things about us and we just want to, you know, lay Holy Ghost hands on them in a very MMA sort of way. We have to stop and say, as a child of the King, how do I respond? Because we understand if God is our heart, we don't compartmentalize him. Everything gets filtered through him. So if God is God, we serve God. Not on Mondays, not on just on Saturday nights, not on Tuesdays. If God is God, we serve God. That's the end of the sentence. It's not, if God is God, then we serve God unless we're still dealing with our past in a really bad way. No, if God is God, we serve God. Because our past gets filtered through God. And we sing the songs and we read the scriptures about God being a, a father to the fatherless. And a defender of the weak and a defender of the widows. I mean, this is our God. So it gets filtered through that and we step back and we say, God's got this. And you see, and I'm closing so our worship team can come back up. But, but you see how, how even just these three little verses that we've dealt with over the past few weeks. How they all just kind of fit together and build upon one another. You know, we start off with the fact that, that, man, we're going after God first because in God is everything we need and everything that we are. And then when we get that, we step back and we say, okay, no matter what happens in my life, good or bad or dumb decisions that come, 
all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord are called in court of purpose. So I'm seeking God. I'm going after God with everything. And I understand that God's got this. And because God's got this and because I'm going after everything, I'm filtering everything through that so I don't let anything else take the place of what God is doing in my life. And John is telling us here, it's not, it's not like, this, like this deep, dark concern warning only. It's not this, be very afraid if you let anything take the place of God in your life. You will burn in a raging fire in hell. That, that's, that's not it. It's, it's, it's this two-sided coin where it, it, it is that. But it's also this, look at all the stuff that God is doing in your life. Why would you want to let anything get in the way? Do you see? Everything, and you guys can go ahead and start playing. Everything builds on that. We, we, we don't have to go through it and look. We, we need to study the Bible and we need to show ourselves a workman who are well, you know, I mean, all of that. But understand, our Christian faith isn't about being able to quote books of the Bible. It's about understanding the concepts that are throughout the Bible. The simpleness of the gospel. Jesus loves you so stinking much. if you never get anything else if you never if, if nothing else just get this God loves you he gave everything everything for you to offer you life and when we get that when we just get that when we understand the table this is my body that's broken. This is my blood that's spilled for you. Whenever you do this, remember me. Man, when I remember Jesus, I remember love. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, wow. What love. And if somebody cares about me that much, if, if somebody has done so much for me, why would I want to let anything else get in the way of that? Like what could compare? There's not a relationship. There's not a person. There's not, uh, there's not an addiction. There's not a feeling. There's no amount of money. You know, this week, celebrity Robin Williams died hung himself you know we, we look at his movies and we watch this stuff and, and we're like man he's so funny and, and he's got all this money and done all this he's got it all together and then we see people celebrating his life online and putting these little cartoons and captions that say Robin you're free and Suicide is not freedom. It's not. What did Jesus say? The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Robin Williams had fame. He had fortune. He had people that would surround him and do whatever he wanted them to do. 
there's been talk that he knew who God was or at one point he had asked Jesus and I'm not going to get into that one way or the other but this is what I'm going to say is that it appears that something took the place in his life that belongs to God something took the place in his heart children keep yourself from idols from false gods from anything and everything that would occupy the place in your heart due to God from any sort of substitute for him that would take first place in your life God loves you he gave his son to die for you so that you could have life and have it to the fullest why would you want to let anything else get in the way of that that's simple, but it's powerful, church. It's powerful. Bow your heads with me if you would. Church, you know me. I don't beat around the bushes. I'm going to tell you like it is. There's some of you that walked in here tonight and your relationship with Jesus is not what it needs to be. Jesus is not first priority in your life but tonight deep down you know that needs to change and it can change tonight Bible says that today is the day of salvation I love this quote and as I read this again I just want you to to reflect on your relationship and where you're at with Christ but dealing with Jesus it says he loves he hopes he waits if he came down to our altars on certain days only, some sinner on being moved to repentance might have to look for him. And not finding him might have to wait. But our Lord prefers to wait himself for the sinner for years rather than keep him waiting just one instant. I've got great news for you tonight. Jesus is here and he is waiting on you. say you know what my relationship with Jesus is not what it needs to be some churches call it backsliding some churches call it a falling away and, you know, at one point maybe you followed Christ and now you're not maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your heart today can be your day so if you need to make things right with Christ tonight right where you're at I just want you to raise your hand there's a hand and another and another and another and another and another Okay, you can put them down. Now, I want everybody to look at me. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do here. I don't want anybody to be feel like I've tricked you into anything. If you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to stand and come and find a place at this altar in just a minute. Now, I'm not going to ask you all your sins. Because I don't care. Okay? The fact of the matter is, is that Jesus is here waiting on you. We want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. You know, we're not going to do anything weird or crazy. We're just put our hands on you and pray for you. And so when I count to three, and, and here's the deal. If you don't feel comfortable coming up by yourself, grab the person next to you and drag them up here with you. All right? All right? We community. We'll do it together. All right? We're like a tandem bike. We'll just, we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll pedal together. So if that's you, when I count to three, if you raised your hand, I just want you to come find a place at this altar. Give us the opportunity to pray with you. One, two, three. Would you come?